Good morning, how are you? Thank you for joining us this morning. So glad to see you, so glad, thank you for joining us online. And uh, if you would, go ahead and uh, turn to 1 Timothy chapter 2, or excuse me, 2 Timothy. Chapter 2, and verse 2, or we'll start with verse 1, excuse me. 1 Timothy chapter 2, or 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. We've been talking for several weeks on options. It started out as a uh, Holy Ghost-led sermon on Sunday morning, and the Lord has told me to continue it in this class. And so as we've been going over it, one of the things that we, the basic premise of the class has been this, that we have options. Without options, there can't be any love. But love chooses to only see the option of God. In other words, we've studied on Wednesday nights where love uh, is obedience to God. So in other words, if you're not in obedience to God, you're really not in love. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. There's scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture that says, if you love me, you're going to do what I say. Why? Because what God tells you is going to be in love, and if you're not following what he said, then you're outside of his will. You're outside of his leading. That means you're outside of love. You can't be in love without following who he is, without following love, without following God, who is love. And so it's very important for us to see that without, without options, we can't be in love. In other words, if I'm just forcing you to do that, uh, it, it's kind of like there's a, there's a thin line here <laughs> dividing these two, but it's very important to recognize and to realize what's being said. You know, if I force Jeff, and if I'm like, Jeff, give me all your money. Well, he can give. Well, the giving's good. <laughs> Not if he's being forced at gunpoint, you see. That's not love. Is he being given the option to operate in love by me? No, I'm not given an option. It's like give or die. I guess that's an option, but it's not much of one, you know. So you've got to have options to be in love. In other words, love requires a choice. Jesus made a choice to come down to us. So the option is, all right, look, hey, I'm asking you, you know, on behalf of God, not really, just for play, uh, I'm asking you, give me your money, right? Give me tithes and offerings. See, a lot of people, a lot of preachers will get up here on Sunday morning and they're like, if you don't give money, you're going to hell, you know? And that's not, <laughs> I mean, some people are at, do say that. That's not what that means. And that's not how we as ministers are supposed to present that, you know? It, but a lot of times that's what it is. They need to show people, well, if you don't give me your money, all your stuff's going to break. Right? Same thing. That's not an option. That's not an option at all. It, and that's why when we get up and we do offering, it's, hey, seek God what he wants you to give. Why are we asking you to do that? So you can get obe in obedience to him. So you can be in love. Now when you give with love, that supports that giving with the power of heaven, with the power of God, and it's not empty. You know, if you're just giving because you're being forced to in some, in some way, then what you're doing is, is empty. There's no, there's no spiritual fertilizer going in the ground with it, and the seed is really dead to begin with anyway. We need that love and faith to join with it. Well, that means I'm... I'm giving 
based out of love. So that's why it's important. If I, if I don't give you options, you can't get in love. In other words, if I make everybody that comes here give, then am I giving them an opportunity to give in love? No, I'm making it very hard for them to give in love. But when I say, hey, give or don't give, it's all right. I'll be okay. God will be all right. Guess what? He will remain on the throne whether or not you give or, or don't give. Now, you may be out of disobedience. You may be out of love to not do that. But that's between you and God. That's, that's not between me, me and you. That's between you and God. You know, just like your salvation. I want you to. I want you to be in obedience. But that's between you and God. And so we're just talking about options. If I don't give you an option, I'm, I'm making it really hard to be in love. But when I give you that option, you're welcome to or you're welcome not to. What we want you to do is hear from God, be obedient to that, so that you are in love in whatever, whatever you do. Why? Because we want you as blessed as you can be because out of the blessing, out of the overflow, you're able to be a blessing uh, to other people and your life in general is in overflow. Amen. So how do we get that? We give you options. Now, as Christians, we have a responsibility. We can now choose. We have options. I can be obedient to God, or I can not be obedient to God, but I have a choice. But as a Christian who does love God, I see it in love as my responsibility to only see what God is offering. Everything else doesn't matter to me. And that's a choice of love. But my position in the end is, if it ain't God, it's not me. I don't see the option any longer. I had the option, and I chose to set it to the side if it's not God. My only option is God. So, do I have options? Yes. Am I choosing to see them? No, I'm not. As a Christian, this is our responsibility. And this is really uh, pretty much what Paul is talking here to Timothy about. Verse 1, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. In other words, all right, we're going to put on right here what we're talking about, putting on the strength of the grace of God. You've heard these things from faithful people, and uh, let's continue in that. Verse 3, suffer hardship with me. Now, we talked about what that hardship means uh, in the classes before, so I think there's like options four or five. You can go back to two and three and see what that hardship means. Uh, go back go back to one if you hadn't seen it. It's all right. You can. It, it's really, you can go back, click on it. It's still there. It's amazing. So um, you'll enjoy it. Uh, suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. In other words, we need to see ourselves as soldiers in the army of the Lord. This is okay to see that way. Now, I'm not talking about picking up a militaristic lifestyle, you know, and, and uh, going and protesting everywhere and doing all these things and forcing people to live godly. That would be taking away their option again. That's not what this is about. It's about... You seeing yourself as a soldier that knows how to take commands 
and knows how to be obedient, knows how to complete your mission. In other words, what he's saying right here is you individually should see yourself as somebody that doesn't have options. It only, you only have, I have an option, I choose to love in that option, and so now because I've chosen already to love, the only option I see is God. And if that option puts you in what the physical mind would say is a hardship, that's okay. God's going to be with you to strengthen you through that period of time. Amen. This is good stuff. I'm being fed by this. Hope you are. Uh, verse 4, no soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. No soldier is going to entangle himself in the affairs of everyday life. This is such an important statement. Such an important way of living life that we need to recognize and see. Uh, it's you remember, how many people want the fruit of God in your life? You want the fruit of God? Amen. You, watching, you want the fruit of God? Amen. Good. He says this, he says, the fruit of God comes from the seed, and what's the seed? The Word of God, right? But he said, and he told us, that the cares of the world are like thorns that will reach up and choke out the fruit that the seed is planted. So we need the word going in. We need the truth of God in our lives. But just like this, the, the, uh, in the affairs of everyday life entangling us is the same thing as the cares of the world choking us. We can't let those things be entangled in our lives, in our decisions, in our walking it out, in our living. In other words, we don't even need to see it as an option. We don't need to see ungodliness as an option. We need to say, it's out there, I could choose it, but I'm not going to. It's lawful, but it's not profitable. You know, it says, Scripture tells us, all things are lawful, but not all things are profitable to you and the kingdom of God. Not all things are profitable. They're not going to be profitable when you entangle yourself and you're about the cares of the world. They're not going to be profitable to you and it's not going to be profitable to the kingdom of God. So it's very important for us to see the, uh, the wisdom in those scriptures. Let's turn now to Colossians chapter 3 and I believe it's, yep, verse 1. Colossians 3 verse 1. It says, therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Now, as a Christian, are you raised up with Christ? Yes. Then what should, according to the commandment of God, what should your mind be set on? What should you be looking towards? What should your focus be? The things of God. Keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated. Seeking the things that Christ has his heart and his mind set on and nothing else. Not your problems. They may be problems. Don't look at those. You're not seeking those. You're not dwelling on them. You're not thinking about them. That's God's business to handle them. Ask God to bring it to pass and then stop thinking on it. Think on Jesus. Seek him. Seek God's things. The next verse Set your mind 
on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. Not on the cars, not on the houses, not on the good job, not on the smoking hot wife, not on the handsome husband. Forget that. Seek God. Set your mind. You know, set your mind on God. Set your mind on things above. Set your mind on God's things. And God tells us that all those other things will be added too. And the reason why people are struggling going after Him is because they're not setting their heart and setting their mind on God's stuff. They're setting it on them, and it's like that sand that keeps falling out of your hand. The more you try to grab it, the more squeezes out. That's the way the things of the world are designed to be. And God says, look, you can have that stuff and other stuff too if you'll just focus on me. For you have died... And your life, do you want life? And you're like, do you want fruit? Do you want life? Your life is hidden where? Where are you going to find your life? In Jesus. In Christ. Amen. Now, we finally get to Romans chapter 8. And verse 2. Romans chapter 8, verse 2. Remember, we're talking about options. What are our options? For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. In other words, the option of the flesh, the option of sin and death, the option of those things, the law of Christ, the Spirit of life in Jesus Christ, has set you free from those things. In other words, you're not bound to those things. Sin and death cannot make you be sinful anymore because Christ has set you free. If we're in Christ, then now those things have no power over us. The only power they have is what we give to them. So as we start to focus on God's things, focus on His option, and, and stop focusing on the options of the world, that has no power over us anymore. How many people have wanted to get free from that, that old junk? Free from those things in the flesh life, in the world. I know I have. There's things I've wrestled and wrestled and wrestled. And here's what that verse right there is saying is, you've got an option, but Jesus is giving you the power to not have to choose that option anymore. So, don't choose it. Alright, let's keep on reading. Verse 3 for what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did. In other words, upholding the law, trying to do all that right stuff and making it all right, we, men were not going to live up to that. It was not going to happen. It, it was weak. We couldn't do it. We, we tried and we failed. But Jesus did not. For what the law could not do, in other words, not sinning, where we, where we tried to not choose the option, but we ended up choosing it, you know, where we, we tried to not sin, we tried to follow the law, but we ended up doing it. Weak as though the law was, through the flesh, God did. He accomplished it. He made it and made the right choice. He chose the right option. Sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us 
who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, this is, this is speaking uh, somewhat faithfully, because have you ever been where it's like, uh, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit? Yeah, 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 and then you end up walking in the flesh. You know? So he's telling us, one, how we should think and how we should act and what option is God and what option is not. So what he's doing really here is he's declaring this is God, not God's option. This is God's option. Now you know the difference. It's very clear. And not only that, but let me tell you, you should absolutely be choosing God's option because there's life there. So he's making the declaration. Isn't it good to know, see, God, those that he loves, he chastises, he rebukes, he disciplines, he exhorts them, right? Well, isn't it good to know what's right and what's wrong? How messed up can you get if you don't know the difference? Uh, you can get in a jam. You can get in a mess real, real fast. So God, because he loves us, very uh, very lovingly draws the line and says, this is right and this is wrong. You know? this, that's why it's very important for us to know that, you know, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. It's very important for us to know the difference. How many people, before you got born again, and before you, or before you started really going after God, that line was really fuzzy. And you didn't know where the lines were. You didn't know. And how, how many have found out? I, re, I remember sharing this was a couple of weeks ago. She sent Nicole and I a, a text, and she was like, oh, my goodness, I did something wrong. I, 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 you know, I, I meant I, I shouldn't have done this or something like that. And uh, I love this heart about her. She was like, I, I should have reacted different in the spirit. Yeah. And... And I wrote back to her, and, and she was kind of like under condemnation. You know, the devil was trying to make her feel bad and everything. I said, Sharon, I said, a few months ago, would you have even recognized that it was not right? <laughs> would you have e And she said, no. I said, then praise God, now you know. Now you're actually seeing it. So in other words, here's the situation. She was stepping off into the world and into the flesh and had no idea about it and, and didn't know. But now, because of the love of God, she's starting to see those things. And so now she can start making the right choices and be in the right place at the right time with God. Now she can make and choose the right option because she knows that it's there. But how many of us have been in that place where the line between what's right and what's wrong is really, really fuzzy? I have. And as you start to, to figure out what's God and what's not and what's the right option and what, what's the wrong option, all of a sudden we can move into the place where we're constantly doing God's things. And in that place is the life of God. Verse, uh, we'll read verse 4 again. So the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to to the Spirit. So in other words, there is a requirement of the law. There is a requirement that we make the right option, but we weren't able to do that. But now, through Christ, what it's saying is, through Jesus, when we choose the option to walk according to the Spirit and we live according to the Spirit, we're not entangled in the world, we're not trapped by the cares or choked by the cares of the world, but we are living by the Spirit. It says now the requirement of the flesh that we could not keep is met. That's great news. When we choose to live by the Spirit. 
That doesn't mean that you always get stuff right. It means that your heart is set on God. And if you miss it, His mercy will forgive you and keep on going. Don't stand there in condemnation, which is how this chapter starts out. There's now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So now he says, look, if you just choose to start going God's way, that requirement's met. Praise God, because I couldn't keep that requirement. And I need life. All right, verse 5. For those who are according to the flesh, and here's the difference between the two, those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. You remember before it said set your mind on things above. It, it said uh, uh, keep your eyes uh, where Christ is seated, where you are. Remember? So here again we see what are we thinking about? What are we dwelling on? This is very important. A detail in walking by the Spirit or walking by the flesh or having life or not having life or making the right option and not even choosing to see the other one. What are we setting our mind on? For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Now, does it say in that verse that those who are according to the Spirit get everything right from here on out and they never miss it? That's the way we presented God, but that's not what that says. It says we set our hearts, we set our minds on the things of God, on the things of the Spirit. Well, that's very freeing. Because I still miss it. But I need life. I need God's mercy. I need His grace. So it, in other words, am I setting my mind and my heart on the fact that I have a worldly choice and a godly choice? Or am I choosing to not see the worldly option? This is my only option. My mind and heart is set there. So how important is it to recognize that we have options, but we choose not to see any option but God's? Well, it's the difference between walking in the Spirit or walking in the flesh. It's the difference between a sinful dead life and a life overflowing in God. Very important stuff. For the mindset on the flesh is death, verse 6. But the mindset on the Spirit is life and peace. And let me give you an option. Let's just say that today up comes this really big challenge. Maybe it's health, maybe it's finances, maybe it's whatever. Today comes this big challenge. Let's say that you receive news, uh, the doctor calls you, you know, this or that. You receive this really big challenge. So, for the mind set on the flesh is death. Sorry. So if I receive that news, that worldly news, that fleshly news, and I set my mind to look at it and dwell on it, what am I doing? What's the result? Death. Am I going to see a good result generally in that situation? Nope. But let's say I received the same news, right? And my mind is set on spirit. So I'm not looking at the flesh, I'm not looking at the physical, I'm not looking at the logical, I'm looking at supernatural. I'm looking at the love of God. Where instantly do I place myself simply by not, not seeing any other option but God? In life 
and peace. See, when we look at God, no matter what the news is, be it good or bad, we're constantly living in, well, that may, you know, I got this letter, and and it looks really bad, but it's going to be all right. There is life and peace in God. Well, I just received, you know, I just I heard several testimonies this week of just the favor of God being poured out in people's lives and God saving them money and all, you know, and healing and all kinds of stuff. It's been a great week for testimonies. And so, not literal stuff that's happened in people's lives here at Boomerang. So, here's the great thing. Well, where do we keep our mind? You know, I know some people's mind go, oh my goodness, it's been so awesome this week. When's the other foot going to drop? <laughs> when, here, here it comes all this good stuff's happening there must be something bad around the corner where's it at you know what's that a, is that a mindset on the flesh or the spirit is it a mindset on the spirit and the, and the supernatural or set on the physical and the world and so what did they just open up the door to for that other foot to come around the corner and kick him in the tail That's what, they, just set, they just opened the door for that because death is the result. But even in good news, they say, praise God, this is going to keep on happening. We're going to keep on receiving these testimonies. Amen. What did we open the door to? The blessing and the mercy and grace of God for the life of God, peace of God to come through. Verse 7, because the mindset on the flesh is hostile towards God. For it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Now, if you're born again, is God your daddy? Yeah. Are you on his team? Does he love you and you love him? Should be. He loves you. There's no doubt in that. Do you love him? Eh, well, we'll see. So, we should. We should. Right? Well, if a mind, listen to this, if a mind set on the flesh is hostile towards God, it's kind of like every time I set my mind, now this is, this is just giving you an idea of what this is saying. Anytime I set my mind on something of the flesh, it's like calling up, you know, Joey, yo Joey, I got some business to take care of. Will you go hit God, you know? Go, go and, go and, uh, go beat him up. It's hostile towards him. So every time, now I'm giving you that example, and it's kind of funny, but it shows you what we're doing. When we allow our mind to say, oh my goodness, what am I going to do in this problem? That is hostile, let me put it this way. It's hostile towards the things of God, towards the kingdom of God. Does that thinking or setting your mind, does it advance the kingdom? Or does it actually... Go against it. So we think that, well, I just got these problems and you just don't understand. So let me just dwell on my problems. And the problem with that is they're sitting there beating up the kingdom of God because they're dwelling on the problems. Let me read this verse again. You see that? You see the clarity in that? Now, this is very real stuff, and, and, and we've just done it because we've been taught that for so long. We've been taught to think you know, against victory, against the things of God, against the salvation, the physical manifestation of his love. And so we've just been like, I don't know what I'm going to do, and in despair and hopelessness, you know, Eeyore stuff. 
And all of a sudden, here's the thing though, we're being hostile towards God. The mindset on the flesh is hostile towards God, towards his stuff, towards the things he cares about, towards his kingdom. For it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Verse 9, however, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have a Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. So, you're not this way. As Christians, you're not this way, and you're not to set your mind on the things of the flesh. We are to set our mind on the things of the Spirit. And when we set our mind on the things of the Spirit and the things of the Spirit only, we're choosing, we have an option, but we're choosing not to see the option of the world. We're choosing only to see the option of God, His salvation, His grace, His mercy, His love that's made manifest towards us. I will not focus on anything but that. That's what it tells us to do in Philippians. We're not just being you know, these uh, naive optimists. You know, we're doing, we're being obedient, we're acting in love to do what God said over in Philippians chapter 4, where he said, think on these things, whatever things are good, pure, perfect, of good report. It goes on and lists all these good things, and at the end it says, it kind of gives you a synopsis, anything that's worthy of praise. So we're not just being naive optimists. We understand and see that we have options to think about other things, but we're making a choice to not see but one option and to think on one thing and have a mindset on the Spirit and therefore be moving in life and peace overflowing so that not only can we advance, anything contrary to this is hostile towards the kingdom of God. We don't want to be a foe of God. We don't want to be an enemy anymore. We used to be that. We love him now. Let's do and think on these things. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you so much for helping us to be proponents of your kingdom. Not opponents, but we are for it. We are for you. And we do that, Lord, by seeing that we have options. We have options in you. And out of love, we choose not to see any option outside of obedience to you any longer. We will not be a people entangled by the affairs of the world. We will not be a people that are choked by the cares of the world. We will not be a people walking by the flesh or thinking or dwelling on the fleshly things, physical things. We will not be a people that's hostile towards God and your kingdom, towards you. We love you. And because of that, we will think, we will dwell on the things of the Spirit the promises of God, things that are worthy of praise, we will see no other option but you. We will be a good soldier. Individually, each one of us will say, even if it costs me in my physical mind, even if it seems to be hardship to my flesh, I'm going to only see the options that I have as the things of God. Lord, we receive that, and as we receive that and act in that, may your kingdom be advanced not only inside of us, but inside of the people around us because we're making the choice to only see one option, and our option, Lord, is you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
Thanks for being here. Thanks for joining us. Feel the way.